Thank you for listening to this selection from bradhambrick.com. Brad serves as pastor of counseling at the Summit Church in Durham, North Carolina, and is excited to produce resources that equip believers and resource churches to care well for one another in their community. We pray that this serves you well, and we hope that you'll consider utilizing other resources from bradhambrick.com for your personal growth and ministry endeavors. And that brings us uh, to stewarding all of my life for God's glory. Yet, uh, H. Norman Wright, he says, My sorrow now feels less an impressive weight and more a treasured possession. I can take it out, ponder it, and then put it safely and carefully away. Uh, This reminds me of the box that I have in my closet uh, from my grandfather. It has lots of little trinkets in there. A Pez dispenser, uh, a little knife that he gave me that was uh, a Boy Scout knife with a knife and a fork and um, all the things that you'd need if you went camping. And there were times I can remember pulling that box out and I would feel guilty for not appreciating those things like I should, for not savoring them, for not remembering when we went to the store to get them. I mean, that's something that I wanted to remember. But there's something else in that box. There's a pair of leather shoestrings. And I grew up on a farm between generations. And that's the time when family farms really struggle. And my grandfather would tie his boots with wire. And his aged hands would get cut as he would try to tie his boots with those wires. And he finally broke down and went and bought himself a pair of leather shoestrings to put in his boots. And he brought them home, and a pesky grandson was there to fall in love with them before they could go in his boots. And he decided it was more fun to watch his grandson watch them than put them in his boots. And now, as I pull those out and I look at them, I'm reminded of a family heritage of sacrifice and love, of hard times in the midst of that. And it becomes a very precious treasure that I can call out in times when I struggle to be as humble and sacrificial as I should and His legacy lives on. And it's a way of honoring and valuing that. Uh, Another testimony of that is uh, Ingrid Trowbridge who says, After a close partnership in marriage of 27 years, learning to walk alone again was no easy task. It took me many years to learn that no man on this earth can satisfy the deepest longings of a woman's heart. Only one can do that. He is also the only one who can help me live with that deep hole and that deep pain in my heart. The pain is still there. He hasn't filled it up yet. But he has made a bridge over it. And I can live with it now. And I can stand on this bridge and reach out to others. And I love the balance in this. Because it contains the answers of a gospel story to the degree that we want to reduce that to answers. But it doesn't cancel the personal pain and journey. One of the other things that I like is that it captures so many themes of what we were talking about. Her suffering story. A hole, being alone, 
the gospel story. That there was a bridge. That there was satisfaction. And now we hear that element of stewarding my life for God's glory. That I can stand on that bridge and I can reach out to others. And we see one who has taken this journey through the gospel and is still letting that ball bearing turn on the outside as each event turns through these steps and seeing the gospel come to bear on the individual pieces of pain. It, uh, Paul Tachis, uh, he says, There is no doubt in my mind that God is right now equipping you for future opportunities when others are afflicted in this way. We are all comforters in training. Grief is something that we will all face. And it is an area that every person that we love will face. And it is a time when eternity infringes in what seems like a very rude way on our temporal life, when we are forced to ask large questions. And the way that we bring comfort is an opportunity to bridge to the gospel in those conversations. And that's what Appendix J is all about. Uh, one of our plumb lines as a counseling ministry is that we don't want to put on events. We want to create a resource. And that's why for an event like this, we create a notebook that allows you to take this and walk through that, both personally, reading through the study, going through the Scripture passages that we've put in there, that this can be a resource for you. It's why we put it on video, so that with your friends and family and small groups, uh, in your workplace, that you could go through this with somebody else at a time when it is most relevant for them, allowing God to allow you to use the story of grief that you came here for to reach out to another. It's why in this chapter we put nine questions where you do most of the writing and most of its blank pages to help you begin to look forward and say, what are the passions and abilities and interests and spiritual gifts and experiences that God would use for me to begin to be excited about the next chapters of my life again? And then finally, a quote uh, from Joni Erickson Tata. Uh, she says, Suffering reduces us to nothing. And as Soren Kierkegaard noted, God creates everything out of nothing. And everything which God is to use, He first reduces to nothing. To be reduced to nothing is to be dragged to the foot of the cross. To believe in God in the midst of suffering is to empty myself, and to empty myself is to increase my capacity for God. The greatest good suffering can do for me is to increase my capacity for God. Now I will say this at this point. That is an end of the journey truth. And it was intentionally put at the end of our time together. This is not a truth for the beginning of the journey. This is a truth that at the beginning of the journey, we would crush one another with if we tried to bring it. And I'll use one passage to, to summarize where we've been. And it's the passage that we frequently use very early in the process. It's Romans 8.28, where it says, For we know that those who love God, all things work together for good, for those who are called according to His purpose. I want to read for you how Paul got to Romans 8.28. He started in verse 25. But if we hope for what we do not see, that captures grief. I hope 
for my unborn child that I didn't get to see that I want. I hope for my loved one that I want to see, but I can't. I hope for the health that has been taken from me that will be restored in heaven. I hope for my innocence. If we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. And he's just about to acknowledge how hard of a struggle that is. Because he says, likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. Patience, waiting, that's not something that we're good at. And it is the Spirit who helps us in our weakness. God is patient with us in that struggle. He says, for we do not know what we ought to pray for. When we're at that point where we don't even know what words to cry the Spirit Himself intercedes for us with groaning too deep for words. This deep level of personal involvement. Before God is trying to tell us anything about what's going on, there's no time limit on how long it takes us to get from verse 25 to verse 28. And He searches, He who searches hearts, that deep listening to the pain of our soul, knows what is the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. The Spirit at this point is talking to God on our behalf rather than trying to convince us of what thing we need to know. And then, at the end of that journey of comfort, it says, and we know, that for those who love God, all things work together for the good of those who are called and touring to His purpose. It's at the end of a journey like that that we are able to receive the hand of God, as it says in Psalm 3, 5, as the lifter of my head. Instead of the hand that's prodding me along or condemning me for not getting it right. It is that hand where we see a loving Father taking us on the journey, providing what we need. And it's to that God now that I would like for us to pray as the one who will walk with each one of us on our journey and do with, with this presentation what this presentation could never do on its own. So if you would, pray with me. Lord, we come to You and we thank You that we can pray honest prayers. That if right now the cries of our heart are completely overwhelmed, angry, confused, scared, because we have just dealt with more in a short period of time than we felt prepared for, that you hear that and you are not offended by it, but you move towards us and that your Spirit is able to put into words for us what just seems like a scream in our soul. Lord, I thank you for the courage and compassion for those that are here that they have shown. And I pray that you would bless this time taking that which was good and accurate and that you would use it to minister your hope and grace to them and that you would allow that to be a blessing that spills out from their lives into their circle of influence and that your gospel would touch the lives of many, many hurting people because of this bit of time we spend here tonight. In your name we pray. Amen. Uh, I just want to make a few short comments. Uh, the evaluation